This is Scott Klosowski. You've landed at The Digital Optimist, a podcast that looks into the future of technology impacts on the world. Yeah, I see a brighter future coming, so jump into a few episodes and see if you agree. There's this guy. His name is Cello. He's actually the uh, sound guy for Tony Robbins. For five, six years, whenever I speak uh, at a Tony Robbins event, I work with Cello, uh, who is masterful as the sound guy. Cello and I have become friends, friends in a way that I would say he's in my network. He reaches out to me every once in a while. I reach out to him every once in a while. Uh, I like him quite a bit, so I want to stay in touch. Then there's Matt Williamson. Matt's, he's a big man uh, with a big beard, and he's a big personality, and he's an extremely smart guy. Uh, Matt, I've known on and off for years. We used to work together. Uh, He now runs a development company called Clever. Uh, Matt and I stay in touch. Half of it just because I follow him online or he follows me online, and half because we'll reach out to each other on email every once in a while to try to help each other out. Then there's Ross Schaefer. Ross is another speaker on the speaker circuit. Ross lives in Colorado. Uh, now, Ross is quite a, a, a comedian, a much better speaker than I am. Uh, we got to be friends just from knowing each other as we crossed paths because we were both managed by the same firm at one time. Uh, and we've kept in touch. And the more we've kept in touch, the more we've grown to like each other. I would also say Ross is somebody else in my network, but moving closer and closer to uh, being what I would say one of my friends in, in my friend group. Now, I bring up all three of these people because they're all in my network. I occasionally might see them in person. I probably read more about them online uh, from things that they post than I learn when I actually get to see them. There are really good examples today of what a digital network can do to enhance a network compared to what I used to have when I was younger. Now, I put air quotes, you couldn't see me, but I put air quotes around my network when I said it, because it's a word I haven't really defined quite yet. Uh, for, For now, let's say there's 300 people that I know of in varying uh, degrees of depth. And when I use that term, the network, uh, I'm talking about the levels of relationship that I might have that is not quite uh, good friends that see each other all the time, close friends where we grew up with each other, uh, but more uh, everything from acquaintances who I barely know their name and can barely remember where I met them, all the way to the three people that I told you about when we first started. When we say our network, we're talking about that spectrum, hundreds of people, for some people, maybe thousands of people that they know that they could reach out to, uh, that they could share information with, they are in the network. Now, that network today, uh, if you're in the business world, it, it has a connotation of all the people that you know in business. Uh, But there are networks that have nothing to do with business. There are people who don't work all day uh, in a career uh, that also have networks. And those networks of relationships could be things going back to when they were in school uh, that they have built up over time. And so when I say a network, I don't necessarily mean the business type of network that we always think of. 
Sometimes I'm just talking about that network of people that are not in your close friend group, but again, vary everything from acquaintances all the way through to uh, friends that may jump over into that close friend group at any moment. That's what we mean when we talk about a network. Now, we're in the Relationship Podcast series where we're going to look at concentric circles of relationships, and we're starting from the most generic. Now, in the last podcast, I talked a lot about technology and relationships and the impact that uh, technology is having. Uh, This time, we want to just get specific about thinking about the network and how has that changed uh, because of technology and where will it go? You know, again, in my book that I wrote, uh, Did God Create the Internet, there was a whole chapter on relationships. And the chapter talked about these escalating uh, circles, for lack of a better term, uh, of closeness of relationships, and that we actually can kind of define them in separate ways. And we can actually look at how technology impacts them at separate ways. So in this case, we really want to talk about that large group uh, that we may or may not know that well, uh, but all the way up to people that we know very well. You may never have contemplated or pondered your relationship inventory. It just might not be the way that you think about it. You never really put pen to paper to try to figure out, well, how many people do I have in each of these different concentric circles? Uh, If asked, you might say, well, the number of people in your network are the number of people you're connected to on LinkedIn. And of course, that really wouldn't be true. If we really just define the network as you have to know their name, you have to remember where you met them, you have to discuss something with them at least a couple times a year. If we define a network that way, uh, then I would just ask you, how many people nurture that network? How many people are conscious of it, understand the depth of it, understand what they get out of it, actually do any work to try to grow it or to try to nurture the relationships that are in it? Uh, Most people haven't. I I know I certainly hadn't until about a couple years ago. And a couple years ago, it really started to bother me saying, hey, what what about all these relationships that uh, people I liked, people I've met along the way, people where I think we had an intention to stay in touch with each other, but then we just didn't. What about all those people and what am I doing to try to nurture that relationship? And I, I woke up to the fact that I'm terrible at this. I haven't been doing much at all. And so over the last couple of years, I've really tried to change that. I've really tried to look at that, that network uh, as something that could be very beneficial to my life. And it also gives me a playing field to be able to be uh, very beneficial in other people's lives as well. I think everyone would admit, as we talked about in the last podcast, that relationships are one of the most critical things in our lives. They give texture to our lives. Uh, they're really what gets us to a place of being, uh, of having well-being. Uh, without relationships, we are, uh, we are separated from the world, and there's nothing in that but pain. Even our network, even though we wouldn't classify these as being deep, deep relationships, this network is important to us. It gives us people that we communicate with, people that we commiserate with, people that we can help. It's an interesting thing to look at, well, what has technology done to our networks? Uh, Has it grown them? Has it made them worse? Has it made them uh, much too large, uh, where quality over quantity has become the thing of the day? Uh, Or 
has it given us all kinds of tools that allow us to create a much more robust network where we have the ability to stay in touch and gain value and give value in that network. It's an interesting thing to look at. So I'd ask you to step back, just step back for a second, just think about your network as if it were a platform. What would that platform look like? How do you use it to help you in life? Do you help? Uh, does it help you with business? Uh, does it help you uh, to be able to deal with tough issues when they come up? Uh, does it help you to get information when you need information or to connect to somebody else when you need to connect to a specific person? I mean, really think back. Uh, now, we all use our networks as a platform, but how consciously do you use it is an interesting question. Now, obviously, the more we cultivate it, the more rewards that we will receive. As I said, being honest with you, uh, I've struggled with this. Uh, Although, because I'm in business, I have a network. Uh, That network really was very transient. There would be people that I should have stayed in touch with, with, which I didn't. And either I've completely lost touch with them, uh, never to regain it possibly, uh, or it's been years since I was in contact with any of the people. And if I did reach out to them, I can't even be assured that they would they would answer, and I would understand that with as little attention as I have paid to it. I'm an introvert, as I've said before, uh, and introverts aren't the best at managing networks. And it's just something about uh, the fact that um, because we are not always that comfortable with a lot of people, we're also not that comfortable managing a lot of people in a network whereas extroverts seem to be a bit more comfortable. Or at least I rate this on how my wife and I operate because she is much better at cultivating a network than I am. Her network is huge compared to mine. And everybody in the network seems to know her well and to like her. And her network puts my network to shame. So I'm just basing that on her being an extrovert, me being an introvert, and then just my observations of everything else. But as I said, two years ago, I kind of woke up and I started saying to myself, hey, you need to be a functioning introvert. And part of that functioning is you got to get out and manage the network and quit ignoring all these people uh, that you know. So through a force of will, I am getting better at managing my network. And one thing I will tell you is it always pays off. When I invest in the network, it always pays off in some way, often ways I don't expect. So I'll reach out to somebody that I hadn't talked to in years and years. Uh, I'll connect with them, and then there'll be some type of synergy between us. Uh, Or it could just be that I connect with somebody just at the right moment when they needed somebody to connect with them. Like I said, never when I actually work on my network is it a waste of time or waste of energy. Thankfully, uh, for me, there's a growing inventory of tools that help me to manage the network. Uh, We all have gotten more technology, uh, which is a plus and a minus as we get into talking about this. Uh, But when these tools are used correctly, it helps to cultivate a real vibrant network, one that's growing, one that gives us the capacity to handle more people in it than we would have in the past. I mean, if you think about it, just a couple of decades ago, without these tools, we had little cards, and we wrote on those little cards and we put them into a spindle, A to Z normally, uh, and we would memorialize them in our Rolodex. There are different shapes and sizes of Rolodex, but they all were based on little cards stuck into some piece of plastic. And then we just prayed to God that nothing happened to that Rolodex. 
uh, because if anything did, uh, we would have lost a treasure trove of phone numbers and addresses, and in most cases, never to be gotten again. Uh, This happened to me once, one time in my career back in the old days. I remember that I lost a Rolodex in a move and couldn't find it. And, and there was absolutely no other way. There was no LinkedIn. There was no searching on an Internet. There was no Internet. There was no way to get the names and numbers of those people without going through a ton of work. And at the end of the day, there were some. There was no way I was ever going to track them down again. All because my network was memorialized on some paper and plastic in a way that it could just disappear. Now, from Rolodexes, we went electronic and we got PIMs. Personal Information Managers. Uh, I remember back in the day, Goldmine, Act. You, if you're old enough, if you're old as me, you'll remember those, right? But they were PIMs. They were elect, they were information managers where you could put all of your contacts in something that at least was digital, so you could at least copy it and duplicate it. There was no cloud back then when they first came out, but it at least could be duplicated across different computers. But then we moved to the more powerful CRM systems. Today we have those plus online social tools like LinkedIn and in the business world, and we've got Facebook and the personal world and others. We have a collection of tools that make up that network. A lot of us don't have our entire network in any one system anymore. Our network is spread out across multiple systems, which is actually pretty good. It also lets us have Connections that um, that we can nurture into our network with more than 150 people, of course, which was the old standard model uh, that that you know uh, anthropologist Robin Dunbar said uh, was the max that we could handle. Uh, obviously, technology broke that model down, and as I told you, uh, my wife Annette, I'll bet she has at least a thousand people in her network that she's gathered along the way. She knows their names. She remembers how they got into the network. And she could reach out to any one of them, and they would answer her call, uh, which is pretty amazing. In the last podcast I mentioned, there was a downside to this power. It's that we only have so much time uh, and attention for each day. We have to decide how much of our time and attention to invest in this concentric circle in our network versus our other concentric circles of our close friend group, uh, maybe our spouse or significant other, uh, our coworkers. Right? So we have other concentric circles that need time. So if all we do is work on that network, then we are in a bit of danger of creating uh, quantity over quality. And so this is the problem with digital tools, is it not? Uh, there's a number of people who would say, I can sit in a room with my significant other while they spend two or three hours uh, flipping with their thumb through their device uh, reading everything that's been posted by their network, and in some cases, people that are not even in their network. Uh, and so you feel a bit like you, uh, uh, you have no attention being paid to you, even though you're in the room. Uh, again, this didn't happen uh, 20 years ago. Somebody might ignore you. They might ignore you watching TV, but they didn't ignore you managing their network. So it's an interesting thing that uh, today, if we're not, if we don't be careful about how we invest uh, in our time and attention in these concentric circles, we will get off. So with that said, uh, we must love and invest in this network. Uh, It's just that we need to make sure we do it in a uh, time-efficient way, 
do it at the right times, uh, not when there are people in the room that would actually like to pay some attention to us. Uh, managing your network really needs to be more of a fill-in-the-gap kind of thing. Yes, you can manage your network every day, but try to do it at times when nothing else is going on that uh, somebody expects you to do in the room. So I have a process for how I do it. Uh, I try to have some rules, like don't manage my network when my wife is sitting next to me wanting to talk to me. All right, That's one of the big rules. Uh, but set that aside. What I've done is divide my network up into different layers. And so we could say the top 100, which is a piece of vocabulary I have, by the way. Uh, the top 100 is the top 100 people in my network that I really need to connect with the most. And then I actually have the next 100. Uh, and then I have a wider group. And then I have the group on LinkedIn. I, I've actually sliced up my network into different pieces. And what I try to do is email or text or post uh, to these different concentric rings or different layers at different times. And so I might send something out just to my top 100. I might post something online to everybody. At holidays, I might sit down and text message directly to 30 random people in my network of different levels uh, just to make sure I'm staying in touch with them and that they know I care about them. Now, obviously, digital tools make this much easier for me. They allow me to nurture this network in ways I never could before. But we're just getting started. So let's look out into the future and see what kind of tools we're going to have that are going to make this even better. You know, again, I'm an optimist. And so as an optimist, I look at what we're doing with the tools so far, and I think about what is it that we'll fix, and then what is it that we will do to improve these tools to be able to do even more. Now, obviously, one thing we'll fix is just having a better understanding of when to use the tools and when not to use the tools. But when we think about the capabilities, let me run through some with you. First of all, network surveillance tools. I don't mean the network at your office. I mean your network. And when I say surveillance tools, I don't mean something creepy. I mean, we have tools that we can say, hey, keep an eye out for this kind of post or this kind of information. Keep an eye on the, this specific group of people because they may be able to uh, help us with information uh, that uh, I could really use. It, we will have tools that will allow us to put in a lot of rules that will watch over our network and will notify us when anything happens in our network that basically trips one of the rules. Uh, this is going to be fantastic because today, let's just let me give you an example. Maybe we have somebody that's in our network that uh, posts that um, they're now in a relationship and they're getting married. Well, if we don't see that, and now it's a year or two down the road and we see this person, uh, that's fraught with a faux pas. It's really nice to know, okay, look, if anybody's getting married or divorced, let me know. And so we will have surveillance tools that will help us manage our network and see things like this. We will have AI network nurturing tools. So these will be tools where we can set up, again, a set of rules, and an AI will use those rules to be able to help us manage the network. So, for instance, I could have a rule that says, show me everybody that I have not communicated with uh, in the last year. And I could teach it to the AI and say, as soon as it becomes a year, when I have not emailed or text or somehow communicated with somebody in my network, go ahead and pop up their name. Uh, that's a simple one, right? But nurturing tools, think about an AI that understands what nurturing means to me 
and is constantly helping me to make sure that I am doing that well. All right, how about AI-based alerts? Uh, Again, mostly so I can help other people, but uh, a little different than surveillance tools, AI-based alerts are is an AI that is constantly uh, watching what people are posting and will actually not only say something to me, but it will also respond. And so when it sees that uh, something has gone on, uh, maybe there's an automatic response, and maybe the automatic response is, hey, we need to get in touch or we need to go to lunch. Uh, but over time, I can actually build rules into my AI to help me make sure that I'm responding to people based on what they're saying uh, or what they're sending to me or what they're posting uh, to make sure that I'm nurturing the network. Uh, What about AI-based smart contacts? Pre-programmed communications that make connections to people individually. So I don't mean just posting online. I mean sending out emails on my behalf or sending out text messages on uh, on my behalf. But these are AI-based smart contacts. I can put in profiles. I can put in different information and models. And then the AI will reach out and contact people, not with form letters, not with stupid generic things, but actually pull information from me and go ahead and send it in ways that are very individualized. So something that allows me to create smart relationships or smart contacts within my network. Maybe not do it with everybody, but maybe just that top 100. And then finally, we're going to have much better tools to actually be able to measure and analyze the quality of our network. This is going to be an interesting one. If we could see our network graphically, if we could see it in red, yellow, and green, if we could see how many people we've talked to in the last 30 days, 90 days, one year, two years, if we could see that graphically, uh, think about if we had a graphical map that also showed uh, the, the uh, connections in the network, if it actually showed how many times we connected, uh, whatever that engagement was, whether that was somebody just reading or seeing something online or whether it was actually talking to us electronically. Uh, but now not only being able to see how, how long has it been since I've talked to people in the network, but also being able to see the vibrancy and the engagement with inside my network. And also, of course, the size. Uh, I'm not saying that you need to have a bigger and bigger network. Uh, It really depends on what you do. really depends on what you're trying to accomplish in life. For some people, a 1,000 people nurtured in a network is a great thing. For other people, 50 people in a network that is nurtured is a great thing. I'm not putting any right or wrong on number. Uh, But it will be really nice to have some tools that help us be able to see our network as an entity Uh, and be able to see how well we're doing at at connecting with people and nurturing. So all of this will help us build better relationships, uh, help us to learn faster, uh, will help us to create um, more groups of acquaintances. Uh, Think about what that would be like. Think about your network as being an active resource in your life uh, where value pours out of it and you can pour value into it. Think about what that would mean for the world if everybody would do that. Uh, Not just you, but if we all managed our networks in this much of a conscious way. And to me, that would be a beautiful thing of what it could be, how we could help each other. Again, how fast we could learn, how well we could nurture things between each other when we needed help. 
So it's just something to consider for you to just, when you get a chance, really meditate for a bit on, all right, what is my network like? How big is it? How many people are in it? Do I nurture it? Is it the right size? Uh, Am I getting value out of it? Am I providing value to other people through this network? It's a great question to ask. I'd love for you to consciously upgrade it, just like I have over the last couple years. Like Consciously upgrade that network using all the technology that we have today, but some of these new tools that I'm describing uh, that are going to be coming out in the future. You want to know why I'm optimistic about relationships? This is one of them. We never had the tools that we have today until 10 years ago, let's say. We didn't have an ability to connect with hundreds of people instead of only the 150. And sometimes it's that second 150 or that second 300 uh, where the huge value comes from every year. I'm so interested in what it will be like in the future when we have more AI-based helpers that can help us to build that network. Uh, In fact, the more I talk about it, uh, the more I wish they were all here today and I could get to use. Uh, you know, it, I, the thing that makes me mourn the most getting older is when I really look in the future and see tools like this and then have to sit around and wait and likely will be out of my career before I'll have some of them. Hopefully, a lot of you are younger and you'll have these tools. But man, I am optimistic about what they will be able to do. All right, the next episode is going to be on the next circle out, which will be friendships. And so we're talking about that friend group, people who we see often, uh, people who we've had some type of emotional exchange with, or people who we absolutely know we could call and they would be there instantly for us. People that are that next step up from just the network, but our friendships, our friend group, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to have a guest joining us for, uh, for this podcast. Uh, someone who started in my network, and I hope someday may transition into being a friend. Uh, but it will be interesting because she will be able to bring her perspective, uh, and she looks at friendships probably much different than I do. And so I thought it might be interesting to have us both talk about where technology will go in the future with helping to uh, build relationships with friends, or will it take us a step backwards? Should be an interesting discussion. So again, thank you for uh, listening to The Digital Optimist. Uh, We will take a few days off and then get to working on the next episode on friendships. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklasowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklosowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism. Thank you.